It is pit week, everybody. Get excited. The Panthers have the ACC running back that actually has a chance at the Heisman. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. We're going to talk about all that and more. It's Locked On Syracuse, and it starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's your Thursday episode of Locked On Syracuse. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That is Owen Valentine. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free. We are available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Owen, it's pit week, as I said. Very exciting week. Um, but also at the same time, one that brings a lot of misfortune of the past and a little bit of weariness. Uh, Syracuse, I feel like, never beats Pitt. <laughs> it just doesn't happen, especially when they're on the road at what's no longer Heinz Field. What is it? Acrisher Stadium now or something like that. Um, but yeah, Pitt Week doesn't sit well with me or any other Syracuse fans, I feel. Uh, and it's no different this year. Pitt has a really, really talented team. How? Are, what are your emotions in the middle of Pitt Week right now? Well, I just look right now. I'm on Winspedia.com. Oh, I'm on Winspedia too. I'm looking look at, that. That at a stretch of orange where Syracuse wins 11 straight against Pitt from 91 to 2001. And since then... Syracuse has only won three matchups, and they have not won on the road since 2001 against Pittsburgh. It's been 20 years since they've won on the road in Pittsburgh. All I can think about when I think of games at Pitt with Syracuse Pitt is 2016 with a 76-61 monstrosity of a performance. I still cannot fathom that football game. But Pitt has had Syracuse's number, and Pitt has not been incredible in that stretch by any means in the last 20 years, but Pitt has had Syracuse's number for sure. And this is a year where it seems like, at a glance, what Pitt can do might line up pretty well with what Syracuse struggled with last week. And I'll tell you this, when you're looking at this game from a Syracuse perspective, This game is incredibly important. This is a damage control game. This is a game you need to bounce back. You've played two really, really good teams in the last two weeks with Clemson and Notre Dame who recruit four and five stars like it's nobody's business. Pitt is a bit of a drop-off in terms of their recruiting talent. They're not necessarily a drop-off in terms of how good of a team they are this season. Yes, they're not Clemson, but compared to Notre Dame, I don't think it's that far off in terms of the team's ability this year. Syracuse needs a win against Pitt, and this Pitt team presents a difficult task for Syracuse, although they, they're they on a bit uh, – well, they lost last week, right, to uh, to UNC, if I remember correctly. Uh, so they're, they're on a down slope right now, also needing a comeback win. Both teams, like looking at this game, 
is incredibly important. They both need to come out and perform in this game, and and Pitt's got the home field advantage, and Pitt has taken advantage of their home games against Syracuse, not that they haven't taken advantage of every game against Syracuse in the last two decades. Pitt's had a weird year, man. A very interesting year. They come out and they beat West Virginia in game one by a touchdown. Then they only lose to the now number one Tennessee Volunteers by one touchdown, 34-27 they lost in week two. Then they win a couple games against some not-so-good teams, and they lose to Georgia Tech. They crush Virginia Tech. Then they get beat by a couple touchdowns by Louisville, and then they lose to North Carolina, like you said, last week. A very weird year so far for uh, the Panthers. Um, They're coming into this game needing a win like Syracuse's. Both teams coming in on on two-game losing streaks. Uh, and like you said, damage control game for Syracuse, who obviously has had a better season thus far than the Panthers have. Um, but it's not going to come easy against a team in Pitt that, first of all, came out as favorites at home, correct? By two points? I thought it might have been four. I don't know. You tweeted it. I have no idea. I did tweet uh, it. You're the I betting will check man as you two. talk. I will say this. Um, I want to add this as a note sure. because it is of relevance. Nor or Pitt has lost their last two games, right? Louisville and UNC. Yeah. Both of those games were three-point games going into the fourth quarter. Pitt wow. was beating Louisville by three. They lose 24 to 10. And Pitt was losing to North Carolina by three. They end up losing 42 to 24. Both of those games were three-point games heading into the fourth. And Pitt has collapsed down the stretch. That has been the narrative of those two games. They've played three good quarters. Pat Narduzzi said that in his press conference this week. They've played three good quarters of football back-to-back weeks, and the wheels have come off in the fourth quarter. Syracuse needs to play a complete game against them um, because of, you know, the recency bias. That memory is fresh, right? If you're playing a close game and Syracuse scores in the fourth quarter early on, that's a big moment, right? That's a big deal when you're thinking in the perspective of Pitt, here we go again. Right. It's it's that here we go again moment that even if you're in the heat of the game and all of that, if you can get on them early in the fourth quarter, I think the fourth quarter has got to be circled as incredibly important, even more so in this game than it is. Not that fourth quarters are never not important, um, but for Syracuse to play a solid fourth quarter against a team that has struggled in the fourth and been outscored, what, you know, 17 plus. 2018, so 35 to three in the fourth quarter, their last two weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and they have a lot of talent on the offensive end. It hasn't all come together. Of course, they did a little bit of a swap in the transfer portal quarterback for Porter or well, portal quarterback for wide receiver. They gave USC then give. I mean, Jordan Addison left Pitt to go to USC, and then Keaton Slovis left USC to come to Pitt. Uh, and that's been a one-sided swap, as Addison has been fantastic over there. He's one of the best wide receivers in the country, and Slovis has been lackluster. He's thrown five touchdowns, five interceptions, at around 1,500 passing yards, under 60% completion rate on the year. He's been fine. Uh, nothing special, but it hasn't really mattered because their run game is insane, and, and it's all thanks to the one-man Izzy, Israel Abandakanda. Abandakanda? I think that's correct. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Um, he's fantastic, though. Leads the country in rushing touchdowns thus far. He's got 16 of them 
already over a thousand rushing yards on the season. He has been just insane out of that backfield. I mean, I don't think anybody expected that, expected this 5'11, 215 pound guy to just be one of the best runners in the country. Against Virginia Tech, he had 320 yards on the ground, six touchdowns on the ground. He ran the ball 36 times for an average of 8.9 yards per carry against an ACC defense. This isn't against Holy Cross. This isn't against Wagner. This isn't against you know any of those FCS teams, not against UConn. This was against yeah. an ACC defense where he just he just crushed them. I mean, that's crazy. And if I'm looking at the SU defense, one the starting Kayvon Darton, we love him. We love Kayvon Darton, but he's a walker. We do. Um an SU defense that's starting Kayvon Darton, a nose tackle, and is banged up beyond belief, just lost another incredibly integral part of that defense. I'm worried about the SU defense going to this week, big time, going against the best rusher in the ACC right now, undisputably. He is, put simply, outstanding. Uh, he has been phenomenal this year, uh, and it's it's something that you need to be concerned about if you're Syracuse. This is a guy that has done it and been successful every game this season that he has pretty much played a complete game. One that stands out to me too is he averaged nearly or over six yards a carry against Tennessee, who the college football yeah. playoff has as the number one team in the country. Six yards a carry against an SEC defense that is outstanding uh, in terms of size and presence. Uh, and he has had that success. And right, it's, it's what you dealt with last week for – Syracuse uh and it's it's a little bit of a smaller back but not necessarily this is a guy that is going to get his fill and you've got to figure out a way to shut him down because as he has done every single game this season he will get his yards he will get his fill you need to find a way to contain him because he is going to exploit you he's averaging six yards a carry on the season he is going yeah. to exploit this defense if they do not have an answer this week that was that they didn't have present next or last week. There was not an answer last week. There needs to be an answer this week, or it's going to be a repeat offense of what we witnessed with the Notre Dame ground game just what seven days ago, six yeah. days ago. Another great stat is every game that he's been healthy and played a full game, or if you want to put it in different terms, every game that he's rushed the ball over 10 times. He's had 100 yards and at least one touchdown every single game. That's crazy. I mean, that's yeah. nuts. He's The man is off the chain. Um, we got to take a quick break, uh, but on the other side, we will continue to preview this pit team, tell you what we're worried about, tell you what we're not worried about. But first, let me tell you about Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Save Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday. It's got 24 7 monitoring agents. Uh, who are looking at your home at all times to make sure that it is a safe, safe environment. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police 
response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that is recommended by us. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash URL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, uh, we are back on Locked On Syracuse. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you. Talking Pitt. We're talking the Pitt Panthers. Uh, we talked about the run game. Izzy is fantastic. Keaton Slovis is not so much. Their receiving core doesn't really worry me either. I mean, if you're the Sir- if you're Tony White and Dino Babers and you're looking at Pitt this week, I think it's pretty clear that the ball or the aerial attack really shouldn't hurt you. You have to force them to throw. Basically, you're looking at Syracuse's 2021 team right now. You're looking at a team where if you can force them to throw, you'll win the football game. If not, you're not going to. It's just not going to happen. Because if they're able to run all over you, it's over. It really is over. Um, But the pass game is not really much of a threat, which is why that's what they're going to have to get Pitt to do, because they have some receivers. But like I said, Jordan Addison leaving was huge, a huge loss for them. I mean, him and Pickett were fantastic last season. Pickett, obviously, a Pittsburgh Steeler now, but that receiving core is not what it used to be. No, and I I think you nailed it when you were talking about that Syracuse is going to need them to force the or to throw the football. And that is going to be a key for Syracuse in this game. If they, if they can get Pitt in situations where they have to throw, that means early down stops, things like that, tackles for loss early on, and setting them up in positions where they're going to need to throw the ball or getting out to early leads and having Pitt play from behind is going to be a reason to throw the ball. So you've got to put them in a situation where they need to have a throwing offense in order to succeed. And that is going to be integral for you to be able to pull this off and be able to win a game that you can win and you should be right there. Uh, I double-checked. They did open as four-point favorites, or Pitt did. Uh, So this is a game that you're not necessarily favored to win, but a four-point spread does not mean that this should be a blowout by any means, right? You should be right in this game. You should be able to be in this game down the stretch and and be able to force Pitt to play a difficult game. And and so I, I do think that that is this key. One of the biggest keys for Syracuse is, is to force them to throw the ball. Uh, and you're going to do that by, by getting early down stops and, and setting a precedent early on that, that you're here to stop the run game. And if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to throw and you're going to have to beat us with an aerial attack. And I really don't know if, if Slovis has it in him to to win a game like that is he horrendous not really is he good he's average he's fine i don't know he doesn't really change all too much of anything for me in terms of a plus or a minus uh and i i think that syracuse is in a good position to be able to to stunt that passing game even if they do rely on it and i think they can hinder the passing game pretty solidly even if uh they focus on the run a lot. I don't think they have to have a huge, you know, pass heavy defense in order to be able to to stifle the passing game of Pitt or as we're talking lack thereof a passing game for Pitt. Yeah. Um that pretty much covers the offense. It, it's really just about stopping the run game and as we know last week from 
uh, Estime, that was not an easy thing for Syracuse to do. So hopefully they're rested up and it's a bit of a different story in Pitt this weekend. But let's move over to the defense and talk about this Panthers D because there are some really, really strong players on it, yet the results for them haven't really been there this season. They've given up big scores to a lot of teams this year. West Virginia and Tennessee, Tennessee both 30-plus. Of course, you expect that from the Vols, though. Um, they gave up 24 points to Rhode Island, which is a non-major conference team. I mean, that's pretty crazy, if you ask me. 26 to Georgia Tech, 29 to Virginia Tech, 24 to Louisville, 42 to UNC. So it's not like they're keeping teams. Teams aren't having trouble scoring against them. That's really not something that, that's been an issue, uh, which is a huge uh, thing for Syracuse to look forward to because the last couple of weeks you've played good defenses, especially against Clemson. You knew going down to Death Valley, you're playing a good defense, and your def- the SU defense helped get points on the board, but Syracuse only or the off- offense only scored seven. So that's something you got to look at. Um, and, and hopefully this week, Schrader and Tucker and Aronde can kind of get together and figure something out or. Robert and I mixes things up and, and and gets Tucker out there a different way. I mean, we've been talking about this all year that it's getting a little bit stale talking about how to get the ball to Tucker. I mean, he just didn't have a, a good game. We can't even say he didn't get touches. He flat out mm. didn't have a good game against Notre Dame. So Robert and I has his work cut out for him, and I think everybody uh, expects him to have something, and, and rightfully so, because he, he came out and showed us what he had against Louisville. Everybody got excited. Now people have figured it out. Now it's time to switch things up. Um, but yeah. just some of the names on this Pittsburgh defense real quick. Uh, Servasier Dennis is the one that I always look at and that everybody should. He's a Syracuse guy. SU did not want him. They recruited him as a very low-star quarterback, and he said, I don't want to do that. Uh, goes to Pitt, and he's one of the best linebackers in the country. Last year and the year before, combined for 24 tackles for loss, eight sacks, and an interception. Uh, this season, eight and a half tackles for loss, five sacks. The dude is just incredible. I mean, he is really, really fantastic. Uh, but he's not the only guy. Habakkuk Baldonado there as well, who's one of the better players on that defense. There are just there's a lot of talent coming out of this Pitt defense, and despite the uh, lack of production, there are still guys you got to worry about. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think one of the keys for Syracuse, and, and you talk about, you know, uh, Schrader and whatnot, and we're not sure the health situation with Schrader at this point. Whether he, you know, is true. I, I, I totally, um, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, this is obviously, you know, one of the situations that you know you watch the whole thing with how NC State played, uh, played the whole situation. With, with their quarterback situation, who is going to start and who is going to play. You have to do that in this situation. you got to hold your cards as close to the chest as possible. Do we know whether Schrader is starting this game? Is Del Rio Wilson going to get the nod in this one? I think Brent Axe put out a good conversation in that. In the postgame presser, Dino said that a healthy Schrader will 100% be the starter. And then in the Monday presser, he says that we're not sure who's starting. So that means that Schrader is not healthy. I think I think uh, Carlos is going to start. Now now that I'm thinking about that and I'm getting – my brain's getting reconfigured. Now the Pitt defense – I mean, they probably – I mean, I think I saw Narduzzi was asked about it, and he basically said they're, they're similar quarterbacks. We're not going to change what we're doing. They're both mobile. Mm-hmm. They're both dual threat. 
Um, obviously, they're going to prepare for both. Uh, but I think Carlos Del Rio Wilson will get the start. Um, but I, I mean, that kind of changes things for Syracuse as well. And, and maybe this is kind of like an exciting uh, coming out game for him. I hope it's not, you know, yeah. lackluster, but this is his chance probably. One of the big things uh, Narduzzi was talking about in the press conference, though, is when you go back to that North Carolina game, one of the biggest things that threw them off and allowed you know Carolina to have the, the late game success that they did was Drake May getting out of the pocket and, and being a little bit of a mobile quarterback in this situation. May ran for, for 61 yards on the ground as a net uh, 72 in terms of the game, which is what I look for more so with the quarterback numbers. Um, but May was mobile, and, and that was something that their defense struggled with because Narduzzi was saying the linebackers were collapsing on the mobile quarterback and abandoning you know, the extension of a route from a receiver, and it left a lot of guys open. So if it's Schrader, if it's Del Rio Wilson, both of which are mobile guys that can get out of the pocket, you've got to be very much looking for that downfield pass because it is something that you know, they have struggled with and the linebackers have had struggled with that decision of, am I collapsing? Am I going to close in or am I staying with my receiver? And you've got to be able to make that decision, whoever is quarterbacking for Syracuse, because that is going to be paramount in your offensive success, uh, being totally. able to force them to make that decision. And then you making the correct decision as a result is essential for you to succeed because it's what you just witnessed UNC do the week prior. And it was so successful for Drake May. He threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns and ran for 61 more yards on the ground. He did everything you needed him to do. And he was successful. A lot of that, especially later on in the game, because of him getting out of the pocket and forcing you to make a decision. We're in basketball season, right? We're what, four or five days away from the game, first game of the season. It's the same as the two, three, right? You put the inbound pass to the top of the zone, right at the foul line and you make the five, make a decision. Can you turn and shoot if he doesn't step up? If he steps up, you pass to a guy in the short corner. That is exactly the situation you need to put them in. You've got to force their hand and react accordingly, and that will be massive for Syracuse and their ability to succeed. All right, let's take one more quick break. This one brought to you by Sweat Block. Okay, Sweat Block Wipes are a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try SweatBlock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at SweatBlock.com, also available on Amazon. Okay, uh, let's finish it up here. Um, yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about the Carlos Del Rio Wilson situation. I don't know whether or not I'm, I'm ready to say that this pit defense is necessarily bad. They're definitely not good. They're fine at best. They have some good players, but as a group, they're not good. Um, this might be a good defense for him to start out against. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, yes. There are some really, really solid players on it. Like Servassier Dennis, like Habakkuk Baldonado, but if you get the opportunity to start against a defense in the ACC that's not great, 
I mean, he played against Notre Dame in the only real time he's seen this season. So it's not like he was going to everybody he saw was a five-star, four-star, you know? So it's not like he yeah. was going up against Joe Schmoes. Um, but if Carlos, you know, gets a chance to get his feet under him against a team like Pitt, I think that could bode well for the future. Yeah, I, I think this could be a really good opportunity for him. And I, I said this, I think, in our Monday episode, unless Schrader is 100%, or really, really close to 100%, you have to play Doria Wilson in this game. I don't think yeah. that it is it, it is not in anybody's interest to put a 65 or a 70% Schrader out there and, and try to have him compete in a game where you're going to need him to be mobile. That was one of the biggest things. Everyone was tweeting about it with Schrader uh, in the first quarter against Notre Dame. He's not running. He's not running. He's not pulling the ball ever. And it was like, yes, they want to compensate Tucker and give him the ball more after that aftermath of the Clemson game, but not to this extent where you're only handing the ball to Tucker. So it was something was clicking immediately that he wasn't right. And then obviously the play where, where he stumbles, did he step on someone's foot? Was it at whatever it was where he falls back to the ground and then he pops back up in the subsequent play, he throws an absolute sitting duck after trying to scramble out a little bit to the right. Uh, and he threw a couple more passes that were just, they didn't look right. And anytime it was more than just a quick flick, he he didn't throw the ball well. And it was very, very evident. And I think that I don't want to see that out of him. I want to see him healthy. And I, I don't think it's worth to force him back in uh, and give yourself a lesser chance to win this game. I think Del Rio Wilson gives you a better chance to win than a non-100% Garrett Schrader. And I think he proved that in terms of his ability to get through progressions. Does the accuracy need a step up? Yes. Are there a couple of things that he can fix? Yes. But he did show me that he gets deeper in progressions, he involves more receivers, and he can spread that offense out. Plus, he is mobile just like Schrader. Uh, he gets out and runs. He was I thought that was one of the better things he did was his ability to get out and run. He scrambled well. He made good decisions. He didn't talk too much. He didn't throw too much. Uh, I, I do think that this is a situation that Syracuse needs him in the game, unless you're going to come out and tell me that Garrett Schrader is 100%. Which I would not he believe. did not look close to 100% no chance I believe last that. Saturday. All right. Well, that's all we got. Okay, if you got questions you want answered about this game, send us your questions. Email us at LOSyracuse44 gmail.com. Throw it to us on Twitter, LO underscore Syracuse. We'd love to hear it or just pop them in the YouTube uh, comments. We're happy to answer them. Uh, okay, uh, thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lock On Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. That is a Ryan Nassib signed football card. If you're on audio, you're going to be wishing you were on video right now. Subscribe to the YouTube. We're almost to 900. We'll see you tomorrow.